evening, I'd like to <laughs> my next question is, is it indeed possible? So one of the problems of the way in our relationship. Now, the effect in greater clarity developing important is no matter how evolved, no matter what state we feel we have reached of development, and depth rely upon is the have yet one more trick up its sleeve that takes us by surprise in unpredictable ways. And I would like to just look at some. find ourselves in, in the development of our meditation. <laughs> we really do work with <laughs> 
cultivating neurons can happen in meditation. It's actually freeing us. Imbalanced ways of being. Very clear. Of meditating. of seeing because our, our ways to drown input through meditation particularly another ball game we don't have the things that we don't always feel very comfortable with being like a bit you know it's like being captive of reruns of <laughs> you've got to sit <laughs> sitting after sitting and one voice within <laughs> ready and yet it doesn't finish talking about the pitfalls in meditation it is not by no means would I like to depress but it is in the hope that if we do these pitfalls, we have the experience, hopefully, to lift ourselves out of And one of the accusations that meditation and leveled at meditators, I've heard it before, is that meditation is an activity of self-absorption. My mother's told me, probably your mother, your father, has told you, you know, meditation is very... And one of the criticisms is that it's rather a narcissist. And there's, ten there's a tendency amongst meditators to... If not even obsessed with personal perfection. And so, of course, each and then, of course, also personal imperfection. And this is an accusation that does have not at all uncommon for people in meditation themselves increasingly isolated from others in the world around them. It is not uncommon for, for those who are not involved in meditation to find themselves feeling somewhat divided from those who are deeply involved in practice. Now, two sides to this accusation. One of them is, of course, that this accusation is often based upon a rather <laughs> impression 
of what meditation Sometimes this accusation too feelings of rejection, even feelings of anxiety in those who are leveling the sometimes feelings of rejection being alienated. And it is true that, you know, from the outside, so to speak, if you observe a retreat, observe the activities of a retreat, it look like it's a collective effort to bring about the you know, and it is often really a little hard to understand how this kind of, you know, shuffling about in kind of this Thorazine dance really has to do with bringing about deeper wisdom and compassion and ending also, you know, and remember, you know, recently at a retreat in England, knocked on the door and he came right in the meditation room into a sitting with a registered letter and said, you know, sign this. And then he looked around and he said, what are you all doing, penance? You know? It's, it's <laughs> and yet, I feel out of, on another level, as I experience of the practice does deepen, does deepen an understanding of the relationship our practice and the development of wisdom. There does an, it deepen an understanding that this is a significant path to developing a deep sense of ethics, relationship to the world, something to do with developing wisdom and with and I feel as, as our own understanding deepens, we, we also understand that the very ripples of our presence touches the world around us and affects the world in a, the world in a variety of ways. <laughs> clarity by cultivating compassion. <laughs> Hopefully the ripples of our presence that touch the world, touch the world are ones that do contribute to the end of suffering and contribute to oneness and compassion in life. And I feel also we begin to understand and appreciate that in this vehicle of insight is a powerful vehicle for change and transformation and that our seeming antisocial activities actually can make it in small ways and in large ways in the way that we live our lives. And yet on another level, this accusation about <laughs> narcissistic <laughs> some consideration because it's possible for the weeds of, of self-absorption and almost self-obsessive <laughs> rise in this practice. It is in we can become isolated through our practice and because we simply become <laughs> within our inner experience to a degree that our awareness of our <laughs> and a larger awareness of our place in the world it simply becomes quite limited.
to some extent, this <laughs> in our inner experience is somewhat inevitable in the beginning of our meditation. And yet I feel we can do what we can <laughs> that absorption into obsessiveness. And we can do what we can not to not uh, have that inner absorption develop in a way which doesn't create <laughs> connectedness nor a healthy outer connectedness. When we begin in meditation, you know, and I speak about beginning in a very big way, you know, it might be a tenth or twenty. <laughs> when we begin in meditation, it is a little <laughs> Pandora's box. Do become acquainted with at times very <laughs> inner vistas and inner landscapes that have previously been unknown to us or inaccessible. <laughs> it's very interesting. It's very interesting to get in touch with our inner dynamics and processes. And we also have to consider you know, for most of us at many times in our lives, the most interesting person in the world to us is ourselves. So we become absorbed at times <laughs> and the subtleties of our inner dynamics. Because before we came to meditation, we might not have even known we had inner processes. <laughs> Suddenly we discover we do indeed have a whole variety of inner processes, and there seem to be so many levels and such a variety of them. <laughs> Interesting, it can be very absorbing. And <laughs> practice, and then you have one or two little experiences. Well, there's no stopping the interest, you know. It, there's a sense of, you know, what else can happen? What other possibilities are there in this practice? And for some people, of course, they, they take to this practice like the, with the enthusiasm of a discoverer of a new world, you know, and have almost a kind of, you know, <laughs> and all of the enthusiasm and excitement that is involved in this. And for some people, you know, they, they want to immediately to share the enthusiasm of this path and the wonder of this. <laughs> for others, they don't necessarily have that kind of confidence to be, you know, a, a kind of street corner guru. So they, they tend to leave a retreat with a very different <laughs> some much more subtle. And one of the ways that <laughs> cultivation of the meditator image. It is deadly. To see special, that I am doing something special, that I belong to a kind of an elite, of a holier, better, more one's life. Sometimes it is a very cultivation. Sometimes it's not so see it, perhaps we leave a retreat, and we have the answer to You know, the whole world is the problems of the world. You know, with all of the words that we know about, you know, just let go and don't be a How quick we are at times to respond with our newfound knowledge, not always connected. And quite frankly, there's something a little neurotic about feeling that nothing special whatsoever.
ordinary. Nothing more natural than to be clear. There is nothing more ordinary in the world more <laughs> than to attempt to live in a way in which we are not so <laughs> but in which we have some dedication to clarity and to understanding and to awareness. Surely we see that <laughs> about living in a way in which one <laughs> to drown in oneself in distractedness dedicated to consumption or the pursuit of very questionable goals, surely we can see that this is most <laughs> extraordinary. And there is something very, very <laughs> about being present. And it is really helpful to free oneself of this special consciousness, this idea of belonging to some kind of spiritual elite. Because by so many seeds of arrogance and so many seeds of superiority, which the seeds which really feed a very attractive sense of I, you know, to be a meditator, and it's really flattering, spiritual as such, and yet it can also be a really very refined form of clinging, and it's in this path that we are actually not looking for the ordinary. But that is not this path. We are concerned with seeing the ordinary in the space, in the ordinary. Not as two separate, but seeing the, the pure grace and as well as its total ordinariness. There are many more subtle or that I would like to talk about, which can lead to very neurotic forms of practice. And some of these pitfalls are associated with the very process of the Now, our awareness, what happens is that it encourages and allows a process of as our awareness stabilizes and de- to the dynamics, to the movements, to the change place within our experience in each moment. We also see much more acutely and with greater sensitivity the variety of, of thoughts and tendencies that move us and condition us in our lives. And our attention, developing our attention, brings to an end so many of the kind of superficial preoccupations and dialogues which have previously attracted us. And the awareness serves as a mirror. We see ourselves more and more clearly. We see what moves us. We see the conditioning. We see the <laughs> that are superimposed upon the moment they seem to get in the way of clearly perceiving the moment as it is. And with our awareness, too, we see the distortions of memory, and we see the distortions that greed and that anger and that delusion bring to our inner <laughs> outer relationship. Now, sometimes <laughs> is experience releasing, or as a process of release. Where this meditation term of things come up, arises from, because we see things do actually <laughs> like a volcano. 
things do actually arise. And there is a movement, really, of tendencies from being unconscious to being conscious. In more formal language, that process is called a process of purification. Become conscious, and there is hopefully. Now, sometimes this process can be a very pleasing one. Sometimes you have little openings where you glimmers of peace are real such sensitivity that they're priceless. You know, attunement that they feel absolutely wonderful. It also has, though, one gruesome moments. This process is all fun. There are times when the person introduces through our awareness we are introduced levels of distortion and depth of condition that we feel we would rather not be aware of. Also a process that's very difficult to stop. You can options in this process. You know that I you to welcome the pleasant and the sensitivity and connecting, but no thank you. You know, and the distortions and the projections. Now that process of to the involvement of the lends itself to to a lot of letting go. It's a process which free, a free emotions, many in our lives. Process of opening and part of that process. Many of our mechanisms which have and serve to defend from being questioned, being challenged, that many of those defense mechanisms become much weaker. This is a natural part of this that their defense mechanisms are simply not And as the defense mechanisms become weak, we find ourselves feeling increasingly weak. use that word to describe, you know, a shaky vulnerability. But simply we find ourselves much more open, much more sensitive. In that we are very receptive to insight. We are also, also the possibility, possibility for there to be born new forms of distorted seeing or for the reinforcement of latent have existed. And this is the place where our awareness really needs to be. We are not ensnared or can distorted ways of seeing. In the two 
two attitudes. that are somewhat one is to see oneself arises owner of the tension that arises there may be jealousy and as such takes place in which we describe ourselves or feel ourselves owner of them. And the feeling that I that identification is often thoughts of condemnation and self-negation. I'm a terrible person, I'm an unacceptable person, person. There's a tendency to focus upon and to see them as being my In that way of clinging that hasn't been looked at and is used as a judge of our inner experience. We find ourselves using the the unfoldment that is taken and we censor our experiences that we have adopted of right and wrong, acceptability, and it is primarily negative. We assume a defensive kind of we feel to be on guard against the against all of that which we consider to be negative. And nothing is happening that we deem to be negative or wrong. We're waiting for it to happen. Defensive against the Now that path meditation at the center focusing upon imperfection, the one-way street leads to tension, continuation of inner conflict and struggle. And the awareness actually becomes a burden rather than the awareness actually is. The awareness becomes it always seems to be in the background pointing finger at us who are pointing an accusing finger at ourselves of our faults. And this attitude or this even go to the extreme of believing everything out there is acceptable always lies within me. Response that is always unacceptable. And lost in this adoption is emanating wisdom because we are so busy trying to improve our responses, being more gentle, more loving, more giving, that we don't have wisdom to really see that actually worlds that take place that are really acceptable that call for a different response. 
hand. And of practice which can become quite neurotic, we become so guilty about our imperfections that there becomes <laughs> in meditation because of <laughs> But of course it never had anything to do with <laughs> option. It's really tendency. The tendency to be answer and evaluate. Really fundamental distortion towards and this then becomes superimposed. And if you there are repeated themes of judgment, negation, it's actually not that helpful to or to try and adopt strategies about how to Really what needs to be focused upon tendency to judge, the tendency to negate rather than the contents that it is focused on. Because this war has nothing to do with meditation. <laughs> meditation is providing the opportunity <laughs> in a tendency to run rampant. <laughs> it never has before. The second attitude, which is really equally unhelpful, <laughs> to be lost in guilt, but to be obsessed with impurity. We see the tendencies arise within our imperfections. It's very easy to personal perfection in this practice. To space, to fill up our lives and our minds with the ideas of what we should be with the what we should achieve and what we should experience. Actually allow us to because we are so busy measuring what with personal agenda about this week loving you know and I remember and now I don't eat so much next retreat hopefully I'll have the opportunity then to get to my defensiveness and there's this that takes place and of course it is tough in the idea of self. She retreats then become this, this field of defining personal history. Now what this has I don't know. But it does want indeed and it does indeed keep us very occupied and at times there's a lot of ambitiousness in it. Very fixed ideas of who we are. Indeed, there are few people who retreats with secret aspirations. 
look at the risk of depressing you further. You know, we may feel that all that, that really it should all be clear. On in, you know that the enlightenment. Now we've come to right understanding about the path. But at that is a point also to step back a little bit and look once more to cling. Is cling to imperfections? Of course, there's a very strong tendency, yogis particularly, to focus upon imperfections. It's rare that people come to talk about. How wonderful. It might be very wonderful at times in life, but yet that imperfect, which is very attractive. The idea of self invested in the imperfect, which is and we see there's also the tendency to cling to experiences or to cling to experiences which we feel are valuable, whatever. You know, Rishikesh in India, which is the source of you know, the holy river in India. And it's known a lot of kids uh, go there to gather in Rishikesh. And there's a street in Rishikesh, which you could go through Avenue. And it's, it's a street. All the ascetics and the sadhus have a street. They kind of manifest. One stall where there'd be a sadhu, and he's got pictures of himself lying on beds of nails or lying on next next place who stood on his head for two years and, and then hasn't spoken in twelve years and then the next one stayed in a cave for six years and it, it's kind of like a and you just go from place to place. There's probably good intentions about inspiring them. And you probably think, well, you know, I would never do Achievements? Consider the level of attachment that we can have to attainments, to positive experiences. And you know, if you have in the retreat, you know, it can be, you know, and then you come in and you have one sitting and it's and your breath and it works, it comes in and it comes out bad, it actually does that and you're aware of it. Jumps on it, you know. Self congratulation, you know. You know, find, you know, forget about all those other hours. Together, you know, I find plans start to be made, you know, about going to Burma. Doing 
long term retreats and there's this clinging and I have become a meditator. become a meditator. And that clinging, of course, is a real because we can see how satisfied we are. And, and, you know, we hear about non-attachment. It's a valid relationship to have to difficult meditations. But when we come to a very enlightening meditation, you know, never mind about non-attachment. And it, it's not to say that, um, you know, we should never have or we should avoid that's one or two it's we must really be very careful of getting rocks in relationship to the pleasant for suffering How you know, the bell goes and may all beings be happy do no we want to hold on to it as long as we find ourselves looking for it in the next sitting. We find ourselves looking for it. that mindfulness is about it. We have forgotten we've been so busy congratulating and looking for ways to bring this about again. We have created suffering. This game that we play, this dynamic that relationship to the pleasant and the unpleasant. Not about romantic re relationships to pleasant and unpleasant of But this practice is about understanding accommodate pleasure without despair and and it's understanding the way experience to promotion of I and any I am no matter how far is still a delusion of our own inner unfoldment all that we are asked to do is to be present with it all that we actually can in this moment with a fullness of with a fullness of commitment and an openness of what is of our presence the consciousness opens this truly expands the inner landscape by the clarity and in being present, there is the beginning of wisdom. In being present, our own inner wisdom emerges. Learn to listen in with ear, without prejudice, without distinction. And that this practice leads not to but this practice. May all beings. May all beings live with awareness. May all beings.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.